Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 72. Let's roll. This is a first one for me, a little solo pod. It's going to be a quick one. I just wanted to get my uh, my thoughts out about the 2022 draft class. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have a lot of great guests on, but just wanted to kind of hit it for myself and kind of share with the, the fine people where I'm at. You know, a lot of times I'll get to talking and I don't necessarily go through and, and, and get to talk about the entire class. I think, you know, where we're at right now, we're still a long ways away from where um, most rookie drafts will be taking place just after the NFL rookie draft, which is in April, late April. So obviously May, we're still months away, uh, you know, February, March, April, May. We're, it's coming quick, though. So I know a lot of you guys have drafts right now. Um, maybe this conversation will be helpful for you um, because I think you kind of have to look at, you know, range of outcomes and draft based on that. So at this time, you kind of have to look at what's going on and make some decisions. I think that, you know, there are three quarterbacks that are, if we're talking about a super flex league, so we're going to talk about the top 12 players and maybe some others, uh, but basically I'm just going to go quickly through my top 12 uh, if I were in a dynasty rookie draft, and that's right now, all subject to change because I'll tell you, the Senior Bowl changed some of this for me, especially Malik Willis sort of moved him up. I was a little bit skeptical about Malik Willis. I think he answered some questions, but here's the biggest one. When you start talking about a quarterback, if he's going to be drafted in the top half of the first round, you really have to consider him at the 101, meaning, okay, he, you know, if there's more than one of them, you have to consider the next guy because they're going to get an opportunity to start football games at the NFL level, and a starting NFL quarterback is worth something. And if they happen to be good, they're worth a ton more. So those players in a super flex situation right now are Malik Willis, Matt Corral, and Kenny Pickett. Um, They all have their concerns. None of them are perfect prospects. Um, And we can nitpick each and every one of them. But it does appear as though all of them will be drafted in the top 15 or 15 or 20 picks in the NFL draft and possibly all in the top 10 or 12 picks when you start looking at you know the 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 quarterback thirsty teams Kenny Pickett now being rumored to go to Carolina um so you know that that could he could be that first pick taken and then I think Malik Willis soon off the board after that uh to maybe Washington uh at number 11 or sooner uh Denver, obviously, at number nine is quarterback needy. So you could have all three of those teams pick all three of those guys, and then all of a sudden, we've got to figure out which one's which. But I think all three of them are one, two, three for me right now, begrudgingly. Believe it. I I mean, that's how bad this class is as a whole when you're sort of not even feeling all that good about the quarterbacks, and there they are at the top. Right now, for me, though, the the 1.01 for me is Malik Willis. Right now, all subject to change, but as I see it right now, he has the absolute highest ceiling in this class. I don't think that's really even a question. Um, yeah, he has a floor, a pretty low floor. I mean, if he just can't process information and make throws on time and on on target from the pocket in the NFL, he's going to have a hard time keeping a job. But I'll tell you, he's going to get a job, and he's going to get a job where he's given some time. 
you know, think Josh Allen type of thing. Think Lamar Jackson. You know, they really did a great job with Lamar Jackson and sort of what did he run it like twenty five times a game in, in in the in his first year, that sort of second half of the first season. So we can see Malik Willis do a lot of the same things, and I don't think he's going to lose too much value early on. So I think he's actually a very safe pick at the one point oh one. When I get to 1.02, of course, you could start thinking about some of the elite wide receiver and or running backs. I don't have a problem with that, by the way. I just think that right now, Kenny Pickett would be that guy. He's rumored to be the first quarterback taken off the board, if not second. Um, I don't think that changes. I think he's going to be given an opportunity. I uh, just read an article at the Draft Network, and they were saying how he's the most consistent, meaning he didn't really wow anybody, but he also didn't do anything to hurt himself at the Senior Bowl. And their point was, this is kind of who Kenny Pickett is. He's just steady as she goes. Well, that that sort of works at the NFL level. We just saw that work with Mac Jones. We saw it work for for many years with with the likes of Drew Brees and Tom Brady, players like that who are just, you know, nothing too flashy in terms of arm strength or speed or whatever, but just get the job done. So, hey, maybe, maybe that's Kenny Pickett. Um, again, if we want to talk about downside with him, there's plenty of it. You know, he's an older prospect late breakout, one good year. Well, one good year, we've seen that before, Mr. Joe Burrow. I'm not saying the kid's Joe Burrow. I'm just saying that doesn't eliminate him from consideration early in your dynasty rookie draft. Matt Corral hurt himself, didn't participate in the Senior Bowl, likely won't do much. The whole process might weigh 185 pounds. Wow, that's some that's some tough stuff. But he did dominate in the SEC. So, that's something too. He was wildly efficient, a uh, very, very solid quarterback. And, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about the body and, and his size translating to the NFL, especially the way he plays. Look, if he was small and, you know, kind of a, you know, even Kyler Murray is a, a little bit stout. This kid's very light. Um, I, I'm afraid that he'll get uh, injured at the NFL level. Well, you know, will re- remains to be seen. He's also probably almost assuredly going to get an opportunity to be a starter in 2022 at the quarterback position in the NFL. That makes him very valuable as soon as he starts that game. You know, everybody, you hear everybody say it, but it's very, very true. So those three guys are my three guys. Now, some may be saying, hey, Scott, I thought you liked Sam Howell. I do like Sam Howell, but right now he's looking to be drafted in the late part of the first round and maybe slipping into the second round. If he's a second round pick, that puts him, you know, in a different sort of category in terms of, uh, you know, being tethered to opportunity. You can easily cut bait on a second round pick. It's very hard to cut bait on an early first round pick. So that's the difference. Um, some have him going to Pittsburgh at pick 20, especially if all of those guys go early. It could very well happen. Obviously, if he goes to Pittsburgh at 20, you could be looking at one, two, three, four you know, Pickett, Corral, Willis, and Howell being the real logical choices at the top of a Superflex uh, rookie draft. But as it stands right now, I've got Brees Hall. Brees Hall at the 1.04. And again, you can make an argument for him all the way up to the 1.01. So don't at me or at me. I don't really give a shit. But what I'm getting at is Brees Hall, I think, is in a tier by himself at this particular point. I don't think it's a two-man tier. I do think it's a one-man tier. Now, that tier is not this elite-level tier. Uh, as I start to look at this, the the pro- prospect profile, and I start to break it down and try and figure out where exactly he is, 
he keeps showing up in a couple levels down from from my tiering. You know, the the best prospects I've ever seen uh, while doing this is uh, you know Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. You can go back to Ladanian Tomlinson. He's in that group. Maybe Adrian Peterson, although he didn't catch passes, but back then it didn't matter as much. Those are like the 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 creme de la creme uh, rookie prospects over the years. And then you move down a level, and it's guys like Zeke, Dobbins, Akers, Swift, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Right, this whole group of guys. He's a level down from that as a prospect. So I think there's another level down. I think he's in. Somewhere between that, those guys and maybe the uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders group, which was also a down year for the running back position. We said it then, and it looked like it turned out to be exactly right. I think it's the same thing here. Uh, he may be slightly ahead, especially after he tests. So if we see Brees Hall and he's able to test closer to Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor, well, then everything changes. Uh, even if he's able to test like you know guys like um, you know, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, mid four fours, uh, in the 40, uh, you know, weighing in over 210 pounds that might work. But as of right now, he sort of feels like a step down from that group. And that's your 1.01 at the running back position. So not a great prize. There is some great prizes in the wide receiver position right now. I have that as Traylon Burks at pick five, uh, Traylon Burks, is the highest ceiling again I think you're you know if you're if you're drafting for safety or ceiling it might dictate which way you go at the wide receiver position I think Garrett Wilson offers the most sturdy floor I think he's just going to be good in the NFL how good who knows Traylon Burks if you said one of these guys in this draft class ends up being you know a a 20 yards per catch guy you know 10 plus touchdown guy be like oh Traylon Burks Maybe Drake London, but certainly Traylon Burks fits that mold. So he's a guy who can who can who can take the top off the defense. Big, strong, fast. Uh, needs some some coaching, but you know, let's hope he gets it. Um, but Traylon Burks has that profile that can that can that can really change the the fortunes of your dynasty team, and he can be a potential top twelve dynasty wide receiver asset. After that, it gets a little bit interesting because that's my sort of elite five. Uh, I really do like uh, Garrett Wilson and Drake London. Sam Howell has to be talked about at some point. You have to always be thinking, especially if we're drafting right now, hey, when does Sam Howell actually get drafted in the NFL? Because if I told you he's going to Pittsburgh, you're probably wanting to take him right about now. So I will just go ahead and take him right now and hope he finds a starting role. I mean, Shoot, even think about Drew Locke. You know, Drew Locke was, you know, a player that went in the, you know, was early second and found his way onto the field and returned value at some point. I think Sam Howell can be similar to that. I've kind of started to comp Sam Howell to block your ears, uh, Jake Locker. But, um, you know, it feels a little bit like that where he's that athletic quarterback where they're not so sure about some of the other, you know, things that he does, but does have a big arm. And so a little bit unsure, but. You know, Jake Locker had this huge ceiling when he came out and everybody loved him and obviously flamed out. But, um, you know, so Sam Howell kind of reminds me of that guy. Um, So we'll see about that. Uh, But after that, if we go 1-6, if it goes uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Sam Howell, I'm going to go to the safety of Garrett Wilson and Drake London at pick 7 and 8. 
I'm not in love with the other two running backs, and we'll get to them in a moment. But I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, seven, Drake London, eight. You know, whatever. You can flip-flop these guys. They're all very close. These are an elite tier, this Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, uh, Drake London. Um, So feel free to go ahead and pick those guys if you're just not sure, uh, because those are probably the surest things of just being solid NFL players. It's almost uh, a lock with these guys. These guys are very, very sure things um, in my estimation. So as we look at those three players, that's where I'm at. Then I would probably go Kenneth Walker. Here's the problem. You know, all these all these prospects, you really start to make some excuses. Kenneth Walker, explosive, dynamic rusher. I asked uh, in a previous show if he was, you know, close to Nick Chubb, you know, half Chubb maybe. Um, you know, I don't know where he ranks on the Chubb scale, but he's in that mold. And if you are actually Nick Chubb, you can be fantasy relevant. But if you're not, you're a little bit closer to Damian Harris. I'm not saying Damian Harris isn't uh, relevant. I'm just saying he's not elite. And so when you look at a guy like he, he's somewhere in there uh, as a player, hopefully he's better than that. Hopefully, you know, I heard someone, I think it was on Ray G's show. He was saying how he caught more passes in high school than Brees Hall and all that stuff. That's eh, pretty cool. I like hearing that. Maybe he can catch the football. Maybe a team sees him that way. But as of right now, we haven't seen any evidence of that. And we might see some evidence of that at the uh, at the combine where, you know, hey, if he catches the ball naturally and all of a sudden the scouts start talking and there's the, the hubbub is that, hey, Kenneth Walker is showing us he's a receiver out of the backfield at uh, at the combine. Well, all of a sudden that changes. And as a matter of fact, he could flirt with, with uh, running back one, if that were to be the scenario. So I like Kenneth Walker a lot. Um, he, next, I've got Isaiah Spiller. I moved him back up. I, I had published some rankings, I guess. Maybe, I don't even know if I published them, but I had some other players ahead of Isaiah Spiller. I'm just going to leave him here for now. There's a lot of people I respect who really like Isaiah Spiller. Um, I think uh, Felix had him at his RB1. Uh, Ray Garvin has him at RB2. A uh, few other people I've seen with him, uh, you know, very high on their on their list for 2022 running backs. I'm just going to lean on that for a minute. Uh, even though I'm a little dubious, I'm going to let the process talk me in or out, but I'm going to leave him where he's at right now. And if I were on the clock, I'd be considering Isaiah Spiller here. Of course, he will never be here because he's taken well ahead of this at this particular point. But for my for my comfort, this is where I've got him. Uh, let's see if I'm maybe too low or too high. Um, he, he, he's interesting to me. Uh, we talked about uh, Isaiah Spiller and how he sort of flattened out, um, uh, you know, year over year. His freshman year and his junior year didn't look all that much different. He didn't get that much better. At the same point, he was steady, and uh, he, is a, he is a solid player. The Noah Hills uh, research uh, that I think he's doing a great job with, by the way, shout out. Uh, you know, where he compares, um, you know, other backs in the same offense and creates a score. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Spiller didn't do very well in that score. So, you know, that's also a little concerning. But, uh, you know, the, the film watchers really like him. And, and, and when I start to do some film analysis, um, you know, we'll see exactly where he where he shakes out. Yeah, and after Isaiah Spiller at 10, I think it kind of gets a little bit interesting. Um, you know, if you just sort of look down the the list of players, you know, you start to look at the very next best. 
uh, quarterbacks, and that's Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter. Not so sure about Desmond Ritter. He's been sliding down my board quite a bit. I think he's probably a a, a guy that will look past uh, in Superflex rookie drafts and maybe draft him at value in the late second, early third. But, uh, you know, he's just another one of these guys. I mean, do you really want Sam Ellinger on your team right now? It's this type of thing. It's, you know, Kellen Mond, et cetera, et cetera. There's just some guys that end up not panning out and getting drafted in that second round and kind of just have no shot at at, uh, at a starting role. But at, at value, sometimes those guys can, can, um, can show themselves. But I, I'd be looking past them. Carson Strong, maybe, but not this early. Uh, You know, so then you look down to the running backs. Well, that's where I've got, you know, Rashad White, Kyron Williams, and Tyler Algier. You know, uh, you can make a case for James Cook, maybe, uh, Jerome Ford, etc. There's some some backs there. Obviously, Rashad White is probably the player I'd be targeting. However, at this particular point, this early in the draft, uh, draft season, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably look to that wide receiver position where there's Jamison Williams, David Bell, Wandale Robinson, um, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Chris Olave. It's a lot of good uh, receivers there. Take your pick, ceiling or floor. So I think you got to look Jamison Williams and I don't know, man, uh, George Pickens, something like that. But I think that's where I would round it out. Somewhere, one of those guys, I'm not sure if it's David Bell. Uh, Wandale's really cool. So, yeah, I'd probably go Jamison Williams and who knows, right? I mean, it's a it's a crapshoot a little bit. Uh, and that sort of stuff will be, uh, you know, uh, figuring itself out as we move along. And what that also tells me is that there could be some very good value there in that second round. A lot of people will be you know, kind of flippant with second round picks, always ask for second round picks. Uh, people will throw those in, you know, almost any to any trade. Um, but the first rounders are untouchable. And sometimes they're only a few picks apart, you know, the the 110 and the 203 or whatever, you know, and you, you end up with Jalen Waddle instead of Devontae Smith at last year's draft. And you're like, that worked out. So, you know, definitely uh, go get those second rounders. This year, there will be some depth there. I just mentioned a bunch of players. You also have the tight ends, Trey McBride and Jalen Watermeyer. Easy for me to say. Um, you know, and so, you know, there's going to be some depth there. But I think I would lean Jamison Williams at 11. Man, maybe Kyron Williams at 12. It's super close with these prospects. Uh, draft capital, you know, which is landing spot. Landing spot is draft capital, right? Kind of where they go and when they get picked. And a little bit more information uh, uh, about how uh, how fast and how agile and how these guys stack up uh, with their competition at the combine. Thanks for listening, everybody, and be sure to tune in to the full episode, which should release tomorrow with my guest Travis May. Uh, but uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, short little pod. Peace out.